0: Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. Jim Stam is my co host. I'm guessing he's happy this isn't a pit basketball show today.
1: Very happy, Gary. Um that is a topic that I have a feeling is going to get more sore and more sore as the season goes on. Yeah,
0: it's uh you gotta do work. You gotta do work to jump under the pirates.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> but pit basketball is doing the Lord's work there. Um I'm glad you're in a decent mood because I'm pretty irritated to be honest. <laughs> A lot of the stories that have been coming out about baseball and the Pirates have really been getting under my skin, I can think of no better place to start than than Brian Reynolds trade rumor stuff. And I don't, Jim, before I even go off on this, because you know how how I feel about this. I, I'm pretty sure that that an extension is in the works. I don't think a trade is. Uh, he's eligible for free agency after 2025. And, check's calendar, it's 2021. This is just not when a rebuilding team would move a player like that. If you can convince me that Ben Charrington honestly thinks this team that he's trying to build isn't going to be competitive before 2025, I think they hired the wrong guy.
1: Yeah, here's the thing about it. Um, There is no, you know, this stuff started trickling out here today, yesterday, last couple days. Let's just leave it at that. um, About teams are interested in Brian Reynolds. Of course. And that that's just it, you know. I think I tweeted something like, you know, this is there's there's nothing to see here, you know. Let's just keep moving along. Um, Brian Reynolds breaking news is a really, really good baseball player. And he's under control for a lot of years. And teams are always going to inquire about players like that. And that would be on any team. So um, to me, it's much ado about nothing. I know specific teams were mentioned now. Um, You know, the, the Yankees. Well, guess what? The Yankees. They think they're in on everybody, and so do their fans. They are in on everybody, <laughs> and they are in on on, on most everybody. Um, can you imagine what that would even feel like? I can't certainly, nope. but
0: no, I can't.
1: <laughs> but uh, you know, you know, look, I know some somebody today said, "Hey, you know, it's just it's just fun to talk about the possibilities," and I I look at it like that's not fun to me. A, I don't think it's going to happen. I see a very very high, uh, you know chance that it would not and on top of it who are you going to get back for brian reynolds that you could hope you've already got brian reynolds he's brian reynolds already The, the
0: the goal is you want to say okay i'm going to trade my one really big nice gold nugget for two Little pieces of silver that I hope will grow into big gold nuggets, right? That's the hope. But that's not what you do when you have this much control left of a player, <laughs> and you think it, you're building towards something.
1: It's you want
0: it's, him included in it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, and it's so risky of all the of all the sports. We see it time and time again. And I don't care who you think you've got in your minor league system and how and how positive you are that they are the next big thing. To move somebody that you don't have to move for years for lottery tickets that okay, yes, chances of hitting on those are better than most. They're still lottery tickets. You're you're taking on a ton of risk for almost no reason at this point.
0: Yeah, so, you know, the reports are basically that
1: Yeah, teams let's been,
0: Teams are asking. And the Pirates didn't just hang up the phone basically. They they countered. They said, "Well, sure he's available, but I want these three guys." And it's three guys that any team they respond to is going to go. Uh, no, we need a future too, you know, or no, we think that guy's gonna factor in next year. or <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. it's It's basically like, hey, give us your O'Neill Cruz and your Nick Gonzalez for, you know what I mean? That's what we're asking other teams to do. Ridiculous asks. It's a surefire sign that they really don't have interest in moving him. But because it gets reported as such, you have, to, you have to understand there's a crack there. There is a possibility, right? Somebody could blow his doors off and offer some ridiculous package. I suppose oh. then you might want to do it. But, man, for me, every sign that I see in this minor league system tells me 23 is going to be fun, 24 they should be competing or close to it. I can't see it any other way, and I'm accounting for half of the prospects failing when I say that.
1: Yeah, How do you it, well, trade
0: somebody that you already know is a star? I don't see it.
1: it it's so hard to find these ballplayers like a Brian Reynolds. I mean, the all-around game that he has, and to just assume that you can come out on better on the other side of it. Through a trade when you already have that, um, look the, the the asking price would be so ridiculously high that even if you could get to that point, the other teams, like you said, they're looking at it too. Like they've got to have some pieces in place too. They can't just yeah. give you, you know, two um, two absolute studs and a, another close to being stud guy. Uh, out of their minor league system just to get a Brian Reynolds type. So either way, it doesn't work. Look, the Pirates, they have to listen on everybody at any time is how I look at it. So I don't think that that's really something that's that's news. The Pirates and all these small market teams have to look at every possible solution and scenario that's out there and available to them. Just because of the position they are they are in,
0: yeah. It's and and I, I mean the other thing too is the perception of what the pirates are doing. You know their payroll is non-existent, so not everybody thinks of it the way that I do. For instance, I I look at that payroll figure and I'm like, oh, of course it's that low. We, I mean they have a ton of young players. They don't have any contracts. Everybody is literally up for arbitration. We're on rookie deals There's nothing there to, That's going to cost anything But the rest of the league Looks at that figure and, and they just see Brian Reynolds is about to make like A substantial amount of money He's not going to knock your socks off But he's going to make a substantial amount of money He's going to get a decent raise And they just assume Well the Pirates aren't going to want to pay that It's just it's not It's not what's actually happening here
1: No, the Pirates' payroll isn't even a factor. Like, it'd be one thing if they were carrying a bunch of dead money and, you know, an albatross. Then you'd be
0: trying to trade the dead money. You still wouldn't be trying to trade this guy.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, no matter how you look at it, um, they could... You said it, I think, on the last podcast. Like They could go out and do something just absolutely stupid yeah. and spend $20 million, $30 million, and it wouldn't have any bearing on anything in the short term. Um, I had no
0: idea when I said that last week that I actually meant something they could do would be totally stupid, and that would be trading <laughs> Brian Reynolds right now with this much control. And, and I don't want to hear about how his value goes down after a year or so I don't want to hear about it I just don't like the, the guys on my on my website uh, Justin and Joe you know they they love to look into these things the valuations of players and
1: mm-hmm. what it
0: would take to get these trades done you know they write one of these and people automatically assume that we're pitching for the trade to happen but in this case if you really read what they came up with, what they put on paper are the astronomical asks it would take to get Brian Reynolds. Right. What they did is basically showed you how ridiculous it would be for this to actually happen.
1: And yep. they
0: showed you some real world examples of what it would take from teams. That's the kind of thing that I don't think enough people look at. They, they just think like it's a blanket statement. Like I want to trade this guy cause he's going to make money for prospects. That's what I'm doing. That's what Bob Nutty wants. I mean, well, I hate did, him for the right reasons. I can't stress that enough. This is well, do, you,
1: do you even do we want to even get into the other side of this, which is um, the optics of it um, from the pirate standpoint and how that looks to the fan base? Is that something we even want to touch?
0: Yes, in fact, I think that's a great break point. Let's think about what those optics would be, and when we come back, let's hammer.
1: Let's, take let's it do it.
0: Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Um, Jim and I were just discussing uh, I think from a reason standpoint why Brian Reynolds is most likely not being traded. But I think now we need to touch on the emotions a little bit. right? We need to kind of cover a little bit of what this would do to the fan base, even if it was a good move. And I think you have some uh, some thoughts on that, so I'm going to let you start.
1: I mean, obviously, the, the, the first thing you think of is everybody that has ever criticized the pirates, fairly or not, and hammers them constantly, boy, would you be giving them a ton of ammo to just berate, trash, and look at this organization and say every bad word you want to say about them. Um, So right away, you know, you're giving that aspect of the fan base. And I don't know if it's, it's tough to call them fans. I think they still are, but they, they hate the pirates. So I don't know. But I (laughs) I hate what the pirates would become. Yeah. And, and, and boy, you would just embolden them. I think you'd get more people on that side of things. I think it would be a, I think it'd be a big betrayal um, even if, like you mentioned, even if they got pieces back that made sense, I just don't think they can afford it from the optics side of things. I I don't think they can do that, even if they're tempted.
0: I don't think that I, now. When you say something like that, somebody's of course going to throw out a trade to you that um, makes a lot of sense and. And defy you to say you wouldn't take it, right? You know. So, if if Tampa were to say, "Hey, here's Wander Franco and Randy Rosarena for Brian Reynolds," yes,
1: obviously. <laughs> well, I
0: mean, no, but you know what I'm saying because somebody somebody will say that as soon as you say, "Oh, you can't trade." Yeah, it's not like there's no package out there.
1: There's always a path to it, but within, but you know, obviously, I think people that watch our show listen to our podcast, they know we like to keep things within the realistic framework of reality. So yes, we could get crazy ideas and suggestions. And of course, but if we're going to stay within what's not going to get people fired on either side of a deal and how things typically tend to play out, then that's what I'm talking about. Just so we set the record straight. Yes, you're right. There's always something that could be done.
0: I don't, and I'll say, like, one of the teams that's rumored is uh, the Mariners. I can't for the life of me believe the Mariners would do that. And, I, and the only reason I say that is the asking price would be re- redonkulous. I mean, just absolutely nuts from mm-hmm. them. Um, possibly even one of baseball's very top prospects, like I think the third prospect out of the top 100. And I believe they would say no to that, rightly, because the Mariners have just gone through this. They're just coming out of it. In fact, they might have arrived early last year, a little bit. They're just coming out of the pain that we're sitting here dealing with again.
1: Yeah, it would be almost counterintuitive for them to do it. If
0: they did it, what they would do is go on a run. I'm not saying it wouldn't help them immediately but they'd go on a run, and then that run is it (laughs) because they'd have to mortgage what's coming, what could Mm -hmm. actually supplant this team and keep it good for six, seven years as opposed to three or four. I just don't see them interested in something like that. The Yankees, sure, they can just buy more. If If they want it to happen, sure, why not?
1: Well, and people have been very critical out there of Seattle ownership as well. Um, and I know even some of the players have been critical of their ownership yep. as far as not acquiring pieces and whatnot. Not but bringing again, their
0: it, talent up.
1: Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, anything's possible. I mean, look, if you want to come down on the side of the Pirates will trade Brian Reynolds, eventually you'll probably be right. Yes, I mean, there's going to be a time where the Pirates trade Brian Reynolds. Uh, But yeah, so if you want to stick to that, great. You'll eventually be right someday. It won't be in the near in the context you thought it would be uh, or the timeline, but that would be years and years down the road. Um, and, And as a matter of fact, the Pirates have done that with plenty of players that they've signed to extensions. It, the, it's not in the business plan to let them finish out those deals here in Pittsburgh.
0: I'm, I mean, unless you're forced into it. like unless you're,
1: Yeah. I mean, unless you're forced into it or a really specific uh, scenario where um, I think they ended up, they ended up paying Russell Martin, his whole deal, I think yes, they or, did. Or in um, Cervelli, maybe
0: uh, Cervelli, they, had to release um, because of the concussions. and Right. But and, again, yeah.
1: but, but yes. I think so um, and, and we're not talking mass, they weren't massive, massive deals either. So um, right. for pirates, well, it's the pirates, so. pirates standards, right? Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, if people want to keep saying that, yeah, you know what, eventually you'll be right. You'll be right, but it's not going to be in, the, it, it, it's not going to be right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, I tend to agree. I, it has to be addressed because, yeah, they're real stories. So it's not like it's not like I'm saying, oh, it didn't happen or whatever. It, I just think maybe some people think it's a bigger deal when the GM doesn't just hang up the phone. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: And I also think some of these are recycled rumors from around the trade deadline because that Seattle conversation sounds an awful lot like the one that happened around the trade deadline. And I'm not so sure that it's a fresh conversation happening right now. You know, I almost feel like it's right. picked up from, from back then. So I, I guess don't get too sweaty about it. I don't see this happening. And I, I guess I, I think I even wrote a while ago. Get used to seeing this, though. I mean, until they lock him up. Until mm-hmm. they extend him, even if only by a couple years. You can expect this just about every year.
1: And you think about it from the pirates standpoint. It's been so hard for them to get players like Brian Reynolds to develop mm-hmm. them. I mean, and and to just to just entertain the thought of you letting him walk right back out the door after you magically flipped him right uh mccutcheon and you ended up getting reynolds out of it and literally flipped
0: superstar for superstar which never happens
1: never happens and so you've got that aspect of it you've got the pirates and the fact that boy have they had trouble having anybody that has the type of well-rounded game that brian reynolds has and can pretty much do it all and then to entertain the fact that you might just let him go I just don't see it from that aspect either. It's damn hard to find guys like that and not yeah. keep them, when especially when you don't have to do anything right now.
0: It should be because, you know, getting back into the emotions of the, of the situation, I, I, I wouldn't say, like, that part of my gig is defending the Pirates. I, I could care less what people think, really, about them. I mean, I'm telling you, like, what I think they should do and what I think they will do. But I don't think I'd have a lot of kind words if they were to pull the trigger on something like this because I can't see any package they get back making sense to this fan base. You're supposed to be building towards something at this point. You know? At, at this point, these guys came in here at the at the tail end of 2019, and it's the tail end of 2021, I did know it was going to be a long process. They sold it as a long process. To be fair, they did. But we're halfway through that supposed process at this point. The Uh prospects are coming now. You've supposedly weeded out your team. So I don't want to hear about trading the few gems that didn't get through the sifter.
1: Right. And if you think about it in these terms... Of, like you said, getting halfway through this, 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 uh, you know, rebuild this mountain they're trying to climb back up. And now you've got some names in your minor league system and you've got some depth. Should be doing the opposite, which is using some of that depth, trying to put together some pieces eventually yeah. to move out to acquire guys that are more major league ready or are on the major league roster somewhere. So to me, it's the exact opposite of what the pirates would want to do at this point.
0: Absolutely. I mean, like to be blunt, what we should be hoping for as pirates fans is for Cole Tucker and Kevin Newman to play like number one picks next year, because while you may not think they're part of the future because of what's coming, you may be looking at something that helps the next future because they could get moved for somebody worthwhile once those other players come and push them out of the way. You want all these guys to do well. That's another thing we don't think about very often when we're sitting picking apart the 40-man and who should get cut immediately and blasted into the sun. That's why you don't just discard people.
1: Right. And, and you brought up something really good, too, which is I think people need to understand sometimes, um, especially with us, when we're sitting here telling people what we think, we're telling you what we think they are going to do. Not necessarily um, if we like a guy, hate him, you know, uh, stock up, stock down. It's just more about what we're seeing, how we think it's going to shake out. Yes, we like to give our opinions on things, of course, but I think sometimes that gets really mixed up in a gray area and it turns into, why do you hate this guy so bad? And why are you defending, you know, um, Ben Sherrington or you just, you just hate uh, the pirates? No, it's not that it's literally just looking at things, trying to sort it all out in giving you a straight of a possible answer about how you think things are gonna shake out in the long run or or the short run.
0: Exactly. And from a timing standpoint, I've already seen people doing mental gymnastics on what the return would have to be to keep the, the rebuild timeline where it is or on track.
1: Oh boy, can we just get can we just get one thing accomplished first before well, we have to do that?
0: Well my point is like <laughs> if you're doing that kind of mental gymnastics in order to make it make sense you're either um blindly defending an organization that might be about to do something very stupid or i would suggest if it takes you that much energy to think about a way to have it make sense it probably doesn't yeah that's really all there is to it just like the the Brassard trade that rutherford pulled off where he had to like rope in like 27 teams and 16 gms to figure it out yeah and it didn't work right
1: that that's an understatement
0: well the same thing if, if it's that complicated there's a reason it's that complicated it, it shouldn't be don't do it <laughs> like yeah it doesn't make any sense if you have 16 steps in the process, chances are you're going to mess one up.
1: And 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 on top of all this, look if 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 guys like O'Neill Cruz are as close as we think they might be, yep. I mean just look at it from a common sense standpoint. You know, you've already got Cabrian Hayes. You're hoping that we can you know get him back into the situation where you looked a little bit more comfortable to plate and healthy it it, it it flies in the face of just some basic logic of what you're trying to do with a lineup and protection and how you want to build that top to bottom to just turn around and move a piece and then ask O'Neill Cruz to come up and do that and maybe have to be even better than that just for the next wave it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense
0: nope if, if you ever want to make a jump at some point you're gonna have to slam the foot in the ground yeah 2022 needs to be slamming the foot in the ground this is where we stop the core right doesn't move right now you
1: know? and, and, and and that's bringing it back to the optics you'd have a hard time convincing people that no nothing's changed nothing's changed we're still we're still right on track well y- if you've done something like that, clearly you are not. And now you're asking people to suspend belief for another couple years to get things where they want it yeah, to be. Yeah, we're
0: having a different conversation, too, if he's up for free agency in 2023.
1: A- yeah. Absolutely. If Absolutely. he's up for
0: free agency in 2023, I'm basically going, sucks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Extend him. Don't get rid of you know. I, but I'd, I'd be screaming about an extension. Yeah, but um,
1: and let me let me add understand a
0: trade, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And let me add one more thing to this whole thing is people keep talking about his age. And um, I think he's 26 as we sit here right now. People are acting like he's going to hit 30 and he's just going to fall apart physically i mean like you know it's he's gonna look like ben roethlisberger with a hip pad on and a <laughs> and a rascal i mean it's just not listen guys today that's still that's still the prime of guys career and, and of not careers to,
0: not to mention i mean like you know i don't like to trade on like any insider knowledge on here we're not newsmakers or anything but We've gotten to know the family a little bit. This guy don't stop working out. <laughs>
1: like no. No. this isn't
0: a, this isn't a guy that, that takes a month off in the off season. It's that's not what he is. Nope. I, I'm not worried about thirty at all with him. So.
1: No, I think if if people knew the mindset of guys like this and the work that they put in and how little bit of a break they actually take, you'd be. Hard pressed to sit there and criticize some of these guys because he's one of them. Where hey, a little bit of downtime, very little, right back in the cage working on things. That's just how some of these guys are built,
0: yeah. And I, I just think, uh, I just think it's overblown, but I understand why it's overblown, if that makes sense. And I, I, I get exactly why it's reported, and I understand why people jump on it on both sides, both being concerned that the Pirates actually might do it, and from the other perspective, teams want a good player, and I, I totally get that too. Yes, it's not, it's not like you can make the reports go away. I'm just saying, like, hey, you can waste as much time as you like on it. I just don't see it this year.
1: Some so. people think it's fun to speculate. That's really not my my bag, but uh, hey, have at it if you if you just want to, you know, if you just want to daydream a little bit.
0: I mean, I think what we should do now is take a, a quick break, and when we come back, let's talk about how much Scott Boris hates the Pirates and other teams like them, and, and how we're ruining the game. What Scott Bor,
1: I'll tell you what, Scott Boris, he's uh, an altruistic good person and just has the best interests of baseball at heart and I would just love to talk about that a little bit.
0: Awesome because I know he certainly did a lot of personal favors for Pedro Alvarez. fan forum here on dk pittsburgh sports podcasting network um first of all if you if you haven't already listened to it go back and listen to thursday morning's uh daily shot of pirates with uh Dayan Kovacevic. he'll probably talk to this a little bit more eloquently than we will but uh I just felt like we needed to address uh, the Scott Boris quotes that he that he made the other day. I I, uh, I was blown away by it, to be honest. I don't I don't look at him as a stupid man at all. So I kind of took this as oily. <laughs> I just couldn't think of any other way to to think of it. It was just a greasy thing, and I'm going to read it. He's a piece of work, isn't he, man? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to read it and then, you know, a little bit of it and then we'll talk and maybe we'll bounce into some other quotes he had here. But first, he started out by saying that uh, baseball is a sport that is a victim of a competitive cancer caused by teams unloading veterans to accumulate draft picks. And the Atlanta Braves World Series title was a direct result of tanking. So, I mean... Tanking is, you know, a, a term is relative, but the Braves did exactly what he's saying. They they sold off everything and rebuilt their team through the draft and the international free agent market and trades, so they did. I mean, what did he think was going to happen, though? I mean, like, He's the one that drove that drove teams into this situation, largely, you know, by taking that top 1% of players and having them only be able to go to a few teams. Guess what's going to happen? I mean, like it, it, to me, that was a joke of a comment
1: from a guy yeah. that
0: absolutely knows why it is the way it is. <laughs>
1: Well, let's, let's uh, also, um, for some people, um, just to give you a quick rundown of Scott Boris. I mean, m- the most powerful agent, a sports agent, uh, I don't think that that's disputed. I think he's got, what, Max Scherzer right now. That I mean, in a, baseball. Y- yeah, I, l- 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 that's a good distinction. Uh, he's got Scherzer. He's got. Corey Seager, he's got um, man. There's a couple other huge oh, very names cool.
0: he's got. name. You're, name a yeah, big guy yeah. who's probably got him.
1: I mean, he he is he is the guy when it comes to these huge huge stars in baseball. Um, so yeah, he. It's funny. Everything he mentioned in that article were things that only helped him. And his players from a standpoint of making more money. That's his job. Right. Yeah. But what, but what, let me ask you this, Gary. What in the hell is Scott Boris doing at the annual GMs meeting, <laughs> speaking for an hour? Uh, you know, like, uh, that seems so. Crazy to me They probably hate his guts um, he Because owns the
0: player union
1: he, I mean So You want to talk about Fox and the hen house I mean holy yeah. cow I know um, You know I, I really I, I don't want to
0: repeat everything that Dayan said Because uh, I really do want you to go listen to it There, there are some nuggets in there about Scott Boris That, that struck me as, as Hilarious but I think one of the things that bothered me most about this comment was if the the Braves just basically showed that if you do build it well and you are in a market that can support the talent to stay there long enough to actually get it across the finish line, you can do it this way. So that means teams like, and, and Boston has done this before too, But that means teams in that level are going to start seeing that as a roadmap, too. Everybody thinks they're they're all copying Tampa. But the teams that can spend, that are tearing down like the Cubs just did and the Braves did in the past and the Red Sox have done multiple times, they come out of the ashes like a phoenix, and they are going to take over because then they can spend the money.
1: Yeah, two very different. If you're lumping the Rays and say the Cubs in to the same, right? Uh, you know, grouping that that's that's just absolutely that that's apples and oranges.
0: Right. So, that I guess like what he's probably more worried about are teams like the Braves than teams like the Pirates because in his heart of hearts he knows that the Pirates can't afford one of his players. he, yeah, he just knows that.
1: The Pirates aren't even going to come up in the discussion probably when he talks.
0: Yeah, his problem is that he now knows that teams like the Braves and the Red Sox and, you know, the Cubs to a degree and the Rangers were seeing rebuilding when they don't have to. And Houston did it right in that huge market They he's they're showing that it can be done and they can win by not participating in his reindeer games for stretches of three or four years at a time, which eats into his pocketbook and makes his job a little harder. Yeah. That's really all it is. Like Mike said, when we had him on the show um, a few weeks ago, the re- Yeah. The, the agents really run this, right? <laughs> the agents are the ones that want to keep it with no cap because they want to make sure they don't have to work as hard. If he can have seven clients and make triple what he would if he had to represent 20, why wouldn't he do that, right?
1: Right, yeah.
0: So, of course, it behooves him to keep this system exactly as it is. But as far as the tanking thing goes, I don't understand what he thought all these other teams were going to do. Did he think they were just going to sit by and allow... Los Angeles and New York to win every year? Or did he expect them to just be the generals? How
1: did he really expect it to play out? Like you said, they he, he forced other teams' hands and other organizations' hands. You have to find a way to try to get it done and to try to compete. And these are some of the unintended consequences we've talked about when you have this kind of system in place. Things look, I think we're two, three years in a row where even like the free agent market has been pretty soft and salaries have gone down there. Well, you know, you would think that at some point some of that would click with him. Yeah. But he's just not going to give an inch. The average
0: MLB salary has gone down two years in a row. He doesn't care about that because he can't remember the last time he represented somebody that made the average. MLB salary. You know, he grabs these kids out of college. He doesn't give a crap. What, what happens to them until they reach free agency, but you can bet for damn sure they're going to reach free agency. Yep. And whether it's good for the kid or not,
1: everything he talked about, he talked about not wanting a floor. He wants locked in compensation for draft picks. He, you know, all these things, um, that directly benefit him, and he wants to sit there and talk about the integrity of the game. I mean, (laughs) it's just laughable to hear that from a guy. Like you said, he's a snake oil salesman. The
0: integrity of the game. The other thing that he was mad about, really, is that he's calling them 60-day champions. So they're teams that play about 500 ball until August and then add you know a bunch of players from other teams that are tanking. And then they win a championship and they beat the teams that, that create and and spend a lot of money doing it with what he called planning and intellect to win over a hundred games. Right? So basically here's the, here's the cusp of that. I'm mad that some teams will see it as not an advantage to carry those salaries all year long. If they can just trade for them at the deadline and only pay prorated versions of those salaries and still win. So not only, yep. not only does he not like how the Braves got good, he doesn't like how the Braves added on to, to win. So they didn't win right, Jim.
1: <laughs> yeah, and to suggest that the Dodgers, now look, full disclosure, the Dodgers actually do have the intellect, by the way. They, they just they, they know what they're doing. They also happen to have a, a wallet that is unlimited in a lot of ways compared to every other baseball team I not mean, named it, the
0: Go no further with, with the Dodgers than to say they have Trey Turner on their roster and they still think they should, could, and will sign Corey Seager.
1: <laughs> yeah, and their fans expect it.
0: Yep. And one of them will find out how to play second base. That's it. They don't care how much it yeah. costs. And, and, it, and that's fine. It doesn't work every year. I'm not sitting here saying that, that they're winning every single year. But you just cannot look at this league and, and see the decisions being made in a city like that versus the decisions being made here.
1: And and just think if he thinks if he says that stuff about teams like the Braves can you imagine what he says about te- teams like the Royals and the Pirates and <laughs> things like that in private I, I mean, mean again he- I
0: don't think he cares because I I do think that I I know there's not open books but I do think there's a general understanding that certain teams have certain resources and certain teams don't have certain resources Oh, sure. I know the reporters like to go out and say that it's all about 1-2 but I have to figure the agents know better you know I have to figure that an agent shopping a player to the pirates has to understand that you start talking about 20 million they're probably backing out of the table you know that you're not going to get very far in a negotiation with the pirates when you start talking figures like that no so they have to know that going in, you know? So of course a guy like Boris isn't coming here or whatever, but you know, he's also hurt players too. Pedro Alvarez, we mentioned right before the break, but he got some terrible advice from Scott Boris. You know, he really did. He did. And I just think that agents in some ways are starting to run the players a little bit wrong. And what I mean by that is we talked about the average salaries going down in Major League Baseball, and he's he's got basically a legion of his guys. I think it's five of the eight that sit on the, the players' board.
1: Um, yeah, or he does. Morris,
0: um, guys. Yep. He's basically, you know, shadow running the players' union, right? Right so we talk about saying
1: he doesn't want to get involved
0: right but we say things like we say things like uh when we talk about salary cap we go how can the players not see well i would have to imagine that a lot of the players do see they just can't do anything about it (laughs) i mean like i think that's what they've been trained to to think and their leadership is going to fight for um that eventuality of, of no cap ever coming to this game.
1: You would you would hope and you would like to think that at some point that enough of the players would would start to see through this and maybe they have and they just don't know how to get around it right now or maybe it's just something where they don't have the voice and the power to, to change anything about it.
0: Well, do you remember like Jamison Tyon's comments last year um,
1: refresh my memory. I know he said something. I just yeah, don't remember. Well,
0: they were they were. He, he was talking about um, the business of baseball and just how disappointing it is. Like that, you know. Um, couldn't couldn't stay in a city like Pittsburgh. He had to to be moved. You know what I mean? And okay. he was the player representative. You know, so I, I I remember tweeting at him. I actually said like, JMO, I love you, but. You're on the players' union. You know why it's this okay. way.
1: Yeah, I remember like, you did. You're on yeah. the
0: board. You know why it's this way. You know, do something about it. Don't don't just pretend that that this is some situation that could be helped by just somebody wanting to do something. It's
1: yeah, I, it it is an odd thing that like you know the way it's structured right now is young guys and the lesser names are all the ones that are getting screwed out of this whole thing. And that they have the, the numbers, the bodies, but yet things just don't seem to be, to be, to be moving. I think I, here's, what's funny about Boris. And um, I would encourage people, A, go listen to the daily shot from DK also go read the full article or there's a couple of them and all the things that Boris said to get a full understanding because he, he rambles on for quite a while, but you know, he says all these things and then he, he, he almost ends it with, we don't ever want a system that rewards being a lesser team. Well, what in the world is he looking at? It's the system, the system that is in place is doing exactly that what is he talking about so like he helped create this i don't understand it it'd be like cooking a meal bringing it out to the table and blaming everybody else as to why it sucks you made it i I don't understand what he's he's bringing up all these points and then saying he doesn't want it like this when it's just it's just one of those things Where he's one of the ones most responsible for it
0: Yeah, and, and I don't think he was Responsible for This occurring, but You know, the Pirates, even when They have stunk They always used to spend money in the Draft, right? Up, up, up until like um, The uh, David Littlefield era Where they started taking guys That they thought were signable, right? Oh, God but when Huntington came on, you know, he started just picking guys, you know, and and they paid, they spent money. And then in 2012, they changed the, the draft system. They, they went to this slotting and Boris represents a lot of the top draft picks did again this year. You know, it's not, it's not like we don't know about that. So he lost money with this slotting. All right. And he's blaming the, the tanking now for teams wanting to race to the bottom because the slotting system means you can just get the best player for X amount of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Do you put any any uh, truth into that? I mean, do you, I, I, I kind of see what he's saying as far as the result, but I don't necessarily feel that because of some of the things we've talked about with unpredictability of prospects – I don't feel that it's changed much for, for baseball teams, really. Do you?
1: No. That's really it. my immediate thought was, you know, this is not the NFL where, you know, if you're – and look, even the NFL is, is flawed. If you think you're going to pick in the top five and land a franchise quarterback, well, you might get Peyton Manning and you might get Ryan Leaf out of it, and they have a heck of a lot better hit rate Yeah, that's than – than baseball does so even that i think he's he's acting like these teams are getting these picks and just immediately their problems are solved they're all great players no i mean go back and look pick any year you want to look at in the first round of a major league baseball draft and you tell me yeah of the last 10 years you tell me how many of those guys you even recognize their names. I, I mean, let alone whether they turned out to be good ball players.
0: It's true, and I, I'm you know, we're we're pirates fans and you know the our team's done a lot of things wrong that um, baseball didn't have anything to do with. They've created a lot of the issues that that Pittsburgh has. They drafted poorly, they developed poorly, they don't spend enough money. There's a lot of those things that baseball isn't responsible for that plague Pittsburgh. I do hope they're changing some of those things, but if you want to sit here and think that number one picks are guaranteed, I don't know how you can do that. Looking at this baseball team, (laughs) just this baseball team. We literally just fired one off to Korea after giving him what, like two months of a tryout. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And the tryout was forced by injury and just overt, like throw your hands up in the air. He's not getting any better. Let's just do it. That was all there was to it. Cole Tucker was getting close to that territory too. Maybe he still is. He's going to get another shot this year. Kevin Newman's getting close to that territory. You got to see, see what he is at some point. These are number one picks. I mean, like, That's how some of them turn out, and that sucks, but it's true. It's not a guarantee that that I think any team is trying actively to race towards. I really don't.
1: No, of course. I mean, teams, look, I mean, if you can get a high pick, great. It does increase your chances. But to the point where he's claiming it's driving teams, I mean, maybe if you're talking like the number one pick, and there is a guy that is of like the Strasburg type of guy that just uh, you can see where, Griffey
0: Jr. Or or yeah.
1: Ken Griffey Jr. you're talking about generational types um, that are viewed as almost can't miss. Maybe he has a little bit of a case there. But wh- how many teams are we even talking about there in, in, in that season that would but even be in the running for it?
0: Even then, he's talking about it from a <laughs> construction standpoint. You're basically saying in in January and February, you're looking at your team and going like, I want that number one pick. You know, <laughs> like, I got to get that number one pick. But, like, you don't know who that number one pick's going to be nine times out of ten.
1: Look at this year in, in, in sure. general. Pirate sure. fans found that out real quick.
0: Nine times out of ten, you don't really know who it is. Um, if you do know who it is, okay, I'll give it to you. It's a Ken Griffey Jr. type. because mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, like, if it's no doubt, that's the guy. Even then,
1: you're Which, talking by the about, way,
0: like, in January, you'd have to trade off everything you got to get as bad as you possibly can yeah, to go to get that number one. I do think teams sometimes in January or July go, you know what, it ain't happening and they trade off, I still don't think that's to get the number one pick. I think that's just because we can get some prospects and maybe make this better.
1: Right. Yeah, and and, and teams could have – look, te- some teams just find themselves in that position that they didn't think that they would be in that position right. at that time and say, you know what? We need to reevaluate. We thought, we thought this season was going to go differently. It hasn't. We do have some guys we need to consider uh, what we're going to do with them. So this idea of just this, this uh, that, that things are that static and you would know, uh, I just, I don't buy it. You know, and I would be remiss to say, you know, uh, this is a Pirates uh, podcast that uh, when we do talk about Ken Griffey Jr., just to remind Pirate fans, uh, the Mariners got Ken Griffey Jr. at one, the Pirates at number two. Selected Mark Merchant, household name. Uh, both Hall of Famers, and both organizations have never looked back. So you just uh, you just never know who you're going to get out of those top few picks.
0: No, you never do. And
1: actually, he never played a game in the majors. So
0: I wrote an article about the guy. So <laughs> unfair oh, advantage. You? I'm not. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm not going to not going to comment.
1: But, but that you know, goes. But that goes back to the whole thing of what we're talking about, right? right. Perfect example Why of baseball. tank? Hall of Fame, first bout, one of the best players ever. The other guy never sniffs a pitch in major league baseball.
0: Yeah, I mean. So the bottom line is, I guess Scott Boris is very good at his job. He's been very successful. If I were a baseball player under this system, I'd want him to be my Uh, agent every day of the week and twice on Sunday. But I do think it's fair to say that he and his ilk aren't good for the game. And I don't think they have been good for the game. And I think that they've poisoned large swaths of the media. It's because uh, they rely so heavily on agents for information that they are never going to cross them. And if the message Scott Boris wants out there is that the Pirates are cheap and it's the only thing keeping them from winning, damn it, that's going to be the message. And uh, if he wants the players to fight a tooth and nail against a cap system, no matter what, damn it, they will fight. And uh, that's why I always end up throwing it back at the owners, because if, it's really going to happen. It's going to be driven by the owners and they're going to have to do whatever come how, what may.
1: And, you know, right. And, you know, a lot of people bristle at the fact of, you know, talking about supporting the owners. Well, you know, look, I I don't think you can apply the same um, business practices and ideology Uh, in things like baseball and football and these, these, these leagues where yes, they're businesses, but there's also competition. There's also competitive balance. There's, there's all these things that come into play that you don't have to technically necessarily worry about in, you know, on wall street. So it's not about supporting one or the other. It's just about, How it's going to get done and who can really affect the change. And, like you said, that's got to come from the owners. People get very, very uptight when you start saying that you support the lockout, or some people do. Um, I just look at it like there's only so many ways you can go about it. The owners would have to be the ones that would put their foot down and make it happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, otherwise, you're, you know, small market teams. This is what has to happen. Build right. Hope that you have banked enough money that you can pay to uh, add pieces when you're close. Get your one or two, three years, crack at it. That's what it's going to be.
1: It's, it's a hell of a way for teams to have to try to survive. And, and I, that's what annoys me so much from people when they say, well, look, you know, so-and-so did it. Okay, great. Great accomplishment. Why? Why should they have to do it that way?
0: I mean, you and I were just talking a little bit today. Um, I can't even fathom thinking about the, the Pirates or baseball without thinking about um, which teams can actually afford to do what. I, can't, I just can't process any conversation about baseball without thinking about how much each of them make. And how much each of them have to spend. And how likely it is each of them could afford what. I don't have those conversations when I talk about the NFL. Nope. Jacksonville sucks because Jacksonville doesn't know what they're doing. Carolina it's sucks it. because Carolina doesn't know what they're doing. And if you don't believe me, they just paid Cam Newton $10 million to come out. <laughs> Unbelievable. You can't
1: believe it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yes, you're right. No. And, and, and think, about, think about what you're saying in a sense of how much that kind of sucks the life out of the enjoyment of the sport. If I had to think about the Steelers in that way and always wonder about, you know, the disadvantages and knowing that they're not on the same playing field with the New York Giants. But it's it's
0: replaced by feelings of like, oh, shucks, we really would have liked to have kept Bud Dupree, but, but salary cap can't do it. So it's not like problems go away and money never comes up again. But you know that every team is dealing with it.
1: Yep. You know like that you,
0: the Chiefs just screwed themselves by paying Patrick Mahomes that much money because they'll never be able to put a team around them. Like, you, you yeah. just know it. And what suffered immediately, that defense is putrid,
1: right? Yep.
0: It's it's just a, a yin and yang in the NFL, and you got to strike a balance. So when you get and mad, like the Steelers start all this offensive line that's all rookies, there's a reason. It's because they don't want to go out and buy it and know that they can't afford to keep it together. So I, I like it. I like the difference in the sports. I like talking about moves and, and off-season transactions in the other sports because – baseball I know the box I'm locked in I know that I should care more that the Giants want to sign Anthony de Sclefani than I should care that the Dodgers want to sign Carlos Correa I, because I know which one my team had a shot at you know what I mean and and that that's something you don't talk about in other sports you don't talk about that in 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 football or hockey and it, it sucks really bad
1: yeah it's uh and it kind of always baffles me how um fans that are against um in baseball they talk about they don't want the cap they don't see a problem how things are you know it's that very thing in other sports that has allowed their other teams to be competitive so i just don't understand how they can't see it from all angles and across sports that if you had some competitive balance and it just came down to how good the teams were at managing the cap, everybody had the same rules. And it was just whether whether you uh, you were good enough at your job. That's really all it comes down to. It doesn't come down to anything else. That's why the Browns are so much fun to make fun of because they've been – a nonstop train wreck despite having every advantage slash disadvantage that every other team has, and yet they can't do it. You know why? It's the Browns, and it's on them.
0: Yeah, and they, they make mistakes, and those mistakes add up. That, that's just what every other league gets to talk about. That's why I cannot understand how anybody can look at this league and think it's cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even, even as like, and I have a lot of friends in LA and whatnot. I talk, I talk to a lot. They know there's a problem. Like They do. If in, when they're having a conversation with me, I'm being non-threatening to them. You know, like they, they know I'm not coming out here, like attacking them online. Oh, you don't understand. They know I want to have conversations. They're legit friends. So when I talk to them, they know that they know it's not fair. They know it's not right. They know it's not sustainable.
1: But fans don't care.
0: But at the end of the day, man, it's a lot more fun to win in an unfair league than it is to, you know, <laughs> fight to win in in a fair league.
1: Yep. And 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 that's what you're going to end up seeing is that you've got you know you tune on turn on these games. And uh, it it actually gets me salty when I'm watching a game and I see all these Dodgers fans or Yankees fans, and they are just, you could tell, they're just in their element, everything's great, huge support for the team, and I just sit there and I think, man, that must be nice.
0: Yeah, and again, the Pirates bring some of that on themselves.
1: Oh, do they ever?
0: Well, I never want to pretend that they're not part of the equation. But
1: yeah, it's just an it, it, overall
0: problem that it we have to work within that framework. You know, like we bought an eight hundred foot square, eight hundred square foot apartment, and we've got to fit the furniture in here somehow. And, and that's really when we have conversations about the pirates. Sometimes they have to be framed in this window. They have to be framed in the window of what actually this league creates. It. It changes everything about this stuff i would love to be talking about um pitchers that are available that we could go out and and look for because we've got x amount of cap space and you know you'd love to be hearing those kind of conversations you know like the penguins have a goaltender issue still right in the eyes of some people right now even though they're tied up against it on the cap you hear conversations about they might be able to do something to get a goalie, right? Yep. Pirates can't do something like that. They just can't. They can't go. Hey, we we might be able to do something here to to, to bring in some some help. We might be able to get Clayton Kershaw for a couple of years. <laughs> it's not going to happen.
1: No, and and look, like full disclosure, we're just not going to start every podcast setting the baseline that the pirates are part of the problem as well i mean uh, if, if that if that if that's where if that's what you're looking for then just go on twitter and you'll find plenty of people that that's what they want to talk about we know also that. if
0: you've missed it at this point you haven't been listening for long so backtrack yeah. a little bit
1: yeah, like, so, I mean, we know that they're part of the problem. We've discussed it at length. At some point, it's good to start talking about some of the other issues and see if anything is going to come up, especially when there's things like the CBA and things like that that are right around the corner. So, right, because you
0: know, come, come April, no matter what the league does, it's the Pirates' problem.
1: Exactly. So I, you know, the, I just we're not going to be putting out disclaimers every show that yeah the pirates have been a mess and we understand that that they're, they're, they're a huge part of the problem, but uh, hey, baseball's got their own set of problems that, like you said, I mean the pirates going to have to deal with that too.
0: Absolutely, and uh, yeah, man, we pretty much talked about two topics today: Brian Reynolds and Scott Boris, and I guess the best way to sum up both those topics is thank God Scott Boris isn't his
1: agent. (laughs) Let's hope hope that let's hope we're never watching TV and across the ticker on the bottom, you see that and just, you know,
0: (laughs) that would be terrible. So, I mean, let's go ahead and wrap up the show, Jim. I think it was a good one. Even though we did miss our friend Graves due to some technical difficulties. We, We were trying to have her on. I was we'll also trying to have my friend Wayne on, but he's a veteran. And he forgot today was Veterans Day, so <laughs> he got to bail, too.
1: Well, he, deserve, he deserves whatever he wants to do on a day like this.
0: Right. And because of that, the fans deserved you and I again alone. So there you go.
1: Deserved it one way or the other, I guess you could say.
0: <laughs> All right. And they, since we are recording this on Thursday night, uh, go pit. Just got to say that. This is a yes. big one. North Carolina tough quarterback I'm worried about it so
1: yep so and Jim, uh, how do people
0: get a hold of you brother
1: yeah so uh basically Twitter all the time uh at JimStam22 for the city underscore 412 all Pittsburgh uh Steelers Pirates Penguins Pitt and um it's a good one man Yeah, man, I
0: I thought it was good stuff, too. Um, Sorry I was a little irritable. I think you talked me down on some things. But, um, hey, listen to all the shows on the network. Uh, Matt, Chad, and Eddie have been laying down some really good ones lately. Um, If you really like Steelers and and Penguins, I suggest them and uh, Round 412. Um, I really like Round 412 for a quick recap after the game. I like Chad and Eddie for a little bit of Penguins and uh, kind of cross-pollinating both of those teams together. Um, podcast on fifth is really good I've enjoyed that a lot too so check those all out they drop every day at two and uh ours is every friday at two so check those out subscribe follow do whatever you'd like to do listen watch however you, you enjoy better um, i could and leave probably, us comments i could probably leave us leave us see, prefer listening to us but i get it um yeah, drop comments on on the YouTube, on uh, questions, on Twitter, questions in the email, Pirates Fan Forum. However, you want to get a hold of us, we're available and we love the talk sports. So hit us up. And uh, without further ado, I say, take it away, Ben. Yes, get! Yeah,